and welcome back to the What the Fork Sunland Review Show. A poor first half, followed by a slightly improved second, yielded no win as two depleted sides struggled to a 1-1 draw at the stadium light. And as always, we'll be picking apart the bones of the game with guests from either side. In the yellow corner, returning guest, a voice I'm sure you're aware of, his fifth appearance this season. Uh, this season? No, not this season in, in total. Um, Cy from the Fence End Pod. Cy, obviously we spoke during the week, but how are you doing this morning, mate? You all right? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. 550 mile round trip yesterday in horrible weather driving home, but uh, it was all, all worth it for a point. I was going to say, was it worth it? Yeah, I think ultimately, yeah. Yeah, we we rode our luck a little bit yesterday, but with the sort of the all the COVID stuff and injuries and illness that we've had over the last couple of weeks, yeah, I think the point was just about kind of yeah, happy with that. Dave, you're joining again as always. Uh, Dave, how are you? Yeah, brilliant, mate. Love football. You know how it goes. (laughs) You know what's funny when I looked at you there, right? I didn't even listen to what you said because you've grew your beard out a bit, which people won't know this because it's an audio podcast and it's very Roy Keane esque. Definitely, mate. That, that's what I'm, I'm in a channel in me, Roy King, which is exactly what Lee Johnson should be doing, if I'm honest. It's, it's nice. beard, I've got beard envy, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. <laughs> not length, just because mine's ginger and not Roy Keane-esque. Trust me, mate, this is ginger. It's, well, apart from the really white bit on the bottom, but yeah. Very handsome. Um, went slightly off topic there, but anyway. Um, shows how interesting the game was, I suppose. Didn't it? Um, we'll start off from the top, but you know, to result that really helps neither team and no one got beat, so you can't cry about too much. But no one won. But Dave, I'll come to you first. Morning after the game, how are you, how are you feeling about it? Same way I always feel in this shite league. Aye. Just deflated, bit Like I can't. Ugh, yeah, everything. Just like you get into a. Strong position, one nil up. You sit back. You, Jack Ross, Jack Ross, season one, all over again. Dare I say it? Yeah, just an apps. What they they say in football that one one draws are the worst result you can possibly have because you can't keep a clean sheet and you can't score enough goals to put the opposition to bed. Mm-hmm. And we like to have a 1-1 draw, which basically just makes me think that we're eternally shite, if I'm honest. What made me realise, though, that, you know, a lot of Jack Rossisms were discussed yesterday because we loved the 1-1 with Jack Ross. We loved the 1-1 against Oxford. But was it Phil Parkinson that was the only son of manager to technically lose a 1-1 when we got beat on penalties against Oxford? <laughs> you can <laughs> lose a 1-1. Yeah, you can lose a 1-1, just in case people are wondering. Um, Sai Sim, you obviously have asked if it was worth it. You said yes, but um, morning after, how do you assess the game as a whole? Yeah, I, I, like I said, first half, I thought we were okay. Second half, we rode our luck a little bit, and, and the defending was a bit kind of, you know, keystone cops. It was ricocheting everywhere, and the keeper made a couple of good saves, and, you know, the post was hit, and the, and the, and the bar was hit, and... and I think we we got to a point where some of our players look a bit dead on their feet and we were just not time wasting, but like we said during the week, that sort of managing the game out and just making sure we we take take the sting out of when because there were times yesterday when when you guys were on the attack and, and the crowd did get behind them. You know, there was a noise and it was like you've just got to try and silence that crowd and 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 sort of just slow it down a bit. And I I you know, I'd, I'd love to see, you know, 90 minutes of wonderful football and, and nobody taking the mickey. But ultimately, you've, you've 
yeah, everybody's travelled that sort of distance. I don't then want to see us throw it away at the end. You know, that would be awful. So it's, yeah, I th- hey, if you if you win your home games and draw your away games, you're going to go up. So, you know, that's kind of an away point at a team that are, look at the table now, just two points. You're only two points off the top. I appreciate after yesterday, it doesn't feel that way. But you're kind of looking at the table and going, you know what, in, a, in three, four games time, you guys could quite easily be top, you know, equally. We could be there or thereabouts, or we could end up being mid-table because we've lost three on the trot. It's it feels positive at the moment. I think the next three or four games will will then work out whether it whether it's a positive or not. If it's the only point of the next three games, you know, you're going to think well, maybe not. I think, I think with Sunderland, you're, you're touching on there about the how close you are at the top, and and it is true. And I see a lot of people say it, and I, and I get it. Um, a very positive way to look at it and I'm really positive in almost every aspect of my life comes to Sunderland I'm the polar opposite I'm like Mr Pessimism Pessimism pe- I can't even say it um, and, and I just feel like and I don't know if you agree with me on this Dave when, it, when you look at the league table you go ah, you know this could change win a couple of games but are we just so mentally scarred from Sunderland being Sunderland for so many years that we just go oh but that's also two points close to seventh or whatever and stuff like that you always think like the, the worst is that just because we're so used to something not doing it. It's just a simple experience thing, isn't it? I'm sure mm-hmm. Simon will turn around and say, my my old man yesterday turned around and said, with Oxford, he goes, they get three quarters through the season. They're always there challenging. Last 25%, they bottle it. Or, or they run out of steam is probably the better way to put it. Not bottle it, sorry. And I'm sure Simon will tell you, like, yeah, he's, he's getting to that last quarter of the season hoping they're in and around it and hoping something changes. But traditionally, they're probably going to fall away. You know, I don't mind if they fall away as long as we're involved in it. But yeah, it's it's just simply bad experiences. Every time we have a game in hand, every oh, time we have man. the opportunity to, to press on and do something, we let ourselves down. And the, fr- the more frustrating thing about it is, had we been 1-0 down for 70 minutes yesterday and getting a point... Not that I'm ever going to see it. It's, I sound like I've got a chip on my shoulder. The like we gain a point in League One and like fantastic. It's not fantastic. I mean, me, I me and you had a bit of a... get excited, isn't it? We were talking about it last it night, and, that, and that's the thing. It's not, I think a lot of people think Ipswich, Portsmouth. Um, I spoke to obviously Ipswich, Ben on the Ipswich preview pod, and, and we we're talking about this chip on our shoulder that people think the bigger club, shall we say, have, but I think it's. And I spoke to Sai about this during the week and we talked about like the size of the history and, and not the size of the history, the size of the clubs, the history and stuff like that. Historically, Sunderland have fought in for 100 years the top two divisions of, of English football. Yeah, sometimes teams dropped down. Leicester did, Southampton did. All, all those teams did. Um, and they recovered and they came back from it and it, it made them better as a whole. It, it helped them in, in a kind of backwards way. But I think that the problem I've got is, yes, yesterday was a really important game. I think next week's massive against Plymouth because of where they're around in the table. But it's really hard because of what you're used to and what you've been brought up with. And you only support the team because it's what you brought up with. You, you, you support them because your dad's followed them or because you went to the Maitley match and your mum's took you to the game. That's why you support the team. And you, you get used to what you see with something, the level of excitement. And with all due respect to Oxford, with all due respect to, to Plymouth. And, and you, you'll remember this, Simon, when you win the... The Conference League, Oxford should never be in the Conference, but it's really hard to get excited about beating teams that you think you shouldn't be around. And, and I don't think that's arrogance. I, I, I think that's just how it is, unfortunately, isn't it? I mean, am I, am I being out no, of you're, turn with you're, that? No, you're absolutely right. And it, it, it's, 
I think it needs a club mentality change. You know, we, we'd gone through a period from, um, I'm trying to think when we, what year it was that we were relegated, but we you know, relegated out of the championship and then, you know, the new ground started to be built and it didn't get built and it, we were still at the manor ground. And then we went from championship to league one to league two and eventually dropped out. And first season down in the conference, you know, we, we thought, right, we'll come straight back up. And we won, I think we were unbeaten through till probably the end of November, something like that. And then we lost an FA Cup game and, and it all just started to not unravel because we still made the playoffs, but we 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 lost in the playoff semi-finals and, and then we, we ended up with, you know, sort of, through four or five seasons, four seasons down in the conference. And it it took until really Chris Wilder came in and he completely changed the mentality. He upset a few people because he kind of said, I don't care about the history. It's just it's irrelevant. We we are where we are now. And we we need to forget about you know what happened back in the 80s when you you know you're in top division, you won the league cup. Irrelevant. We need to concentrate on now. And and it it upset a lot of people, but it got the job done because he change the mentality of thinking you you know you deserve to be somewhere else because you only deserve to be where the the results on the pitch put you um yeah. and we we near there was a we nearly made the playoffs in his first season. he had half he came in, in in january um and we nearly made the playoffs we had a five point deduction because a player was played who shouldn't have played because they didn't send the registrations in. It's, it's, it's sort of ask Oxford fans about fax machines and it's kind of like, oh yeah, Eddie Hutchinson. Yeah. So we, we pretty much made the playoffs after being struggling at Christmas. And then the second season, you know, we ended up going up again in, in the playoffs, but it was like, it, it, it needs a change of mentality. Well, whether that's the fans, I think some of the fans, you know, will, will be critical, whatever the club does, but it does need, it, we needed that mentality change. And I think the clubs like yourselves, like you said, you, you look now, I'm mean, looking at this, we've got Ipswich, Pompey, Sheffield, Wednesday, Sunderland. You might say Wigan as well. There's five clubs there with recent Premier League experience who've won big trophies, you know, European Cups. Portsmouth won the FA Cup. You guys have been in, in finals. There's five there. Only three are going to go up at the most. So it, it, it's, it's going to be tough for every club but it does need it it needs mentality change within within the club and how easy that is to do I, i've never worked within a club so changing that mentality to we are where we are but we need to address that and and then we can start worrying about the premier league when we get in the championship you know you concentrate on what where you are now i think it's um I, th I think what I kind of miss and I, I think what would probably get me away from the, the worry for me is when I feel apathetic Mm, yeah. I'd rather be angry when apathy mm. comes in. That that's my problem. And I feel apathy. A lot of it, I've got to be honest, comes from the boss. Um, and I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. I don't know him. It's just an opinion. I, I don't wish any ills or anything. I, I don't. I don't want people to be sacked. But at the same time, I, my thought process is he's not the right man. Um, and I, I did a, a talk in with um, Alex Ray at the Scotland Central Sunland branch on. Uh, I had a heavy night last night. Friday, um, not as heavy on Friday. Um, but we were talking about sort of when he was there and, and, and things that change in management and he was talking about momentum and he was like, at this point, you know, when, when you're there, no one really wants to be there, but you need to get a bit of momentum and it seems like that's lacking. And there's a lot of hark for Roy Keane whenever like the management gets brought up and he hasn't managed for 10 years and, oh, I remember when we had Reedy and, and all this kind of stuff and Sam Allardyce and whatnot. And, 
and I think it's sometimes difficult to go back, says me, he would quite like to see Gus Poirier back. But I think what I think we lack at the moment from the top, because I think that's kind of got to be where it's come from, is that momentum and that ability to galvanise. Um, that's where a worry Johnson doesn't do it. He doesn't feel like a galvanising manager. When Roy Keane came in, we were absolutely horrendous. We were bottom of the league. I think we'd lost five games in a row. I went down to Bury. We were bottom of the the football league at that point um, in the League Cup. Uh, and Roy Keane came in and like pretty much the first few days was just like, why are we sponsored by Lonsdale? We look like idiots. Like it's a horrible strip. And the standards were just instantly put in and he galvanised everything. He got it together and he, he pulled it forward. Allardyce did the same in his six-month spell. And I worry that, I think I think we have the best fans in the world. I always think that. I think fans have the right to air their opinion, be it they love the manager, they hate the manager, they don't care about the manager, they're sitting on the fence with the manager. Because at the end of the day, the fans of the club, um, especially when it comes to pretty much any team in the northeast. I won't mention the other one, but the fans are the club. And I think at the minute we're missing someone that just galvanises everything. And you mentioned Chris Wilder there before. Um, before he we went to Borough, a few people mentioned about Wilder coming to Sunderland. I think that would have been a massive, massive coup. Um, but do you understand where I'm coming from? That did, did Wilder manage to give you that galvanization of right? We're all together. This is where we're at, but we're all together. We'll all get out of it together. Do you think Sunderland maybe missed that a bit, side? Yeah, it's it's interesting. You, you know, you, you saying Chris Wilder would have been there, and you're right about a manager galvanizing not just the team but the club and the fan base and. I don't know Lee Johnson that well. You know, obviously, he doesn't seem to be doing that with certainly with the fans. Now, Carl Robinson for his faults, and I know your guy. You know, with what happened last season, but there is a man who has got a massive personality, and he has taken us from. You know, we came up into into League One. We sort of not stagnated, but we were sort of mid table. But he he has got that force of nature in a way. He's a massive personality and he will get, you know, it took us a while to kind of get behind him. But then you you see, I think we, we talked in the bus, stuff that he's done behind the scenes. And and he he's he is sort of like the face of the club. You know, mm-hmm. he is the, the, the person. That, and, and people have gone from not being sure about him to gradually, gradually, gradually going, yeah, he's our gaffer. And it's that, yeah, other, other clubs hate him. Other clubs fans hate him. He's our man, you know. And we will, we will defend him, you know. Eventually, he'll go somewhere else, and and we'll probably go. Yeah, nice to see you. And then we'll get annoyed with him being on the touchline, doing what he does for us. But yeah, and and whether whether that's you know whether Lee Johnson, that's probably not his role. He's been told, you know, don't worry about everything off off pitch. Just worry about the, the team. But maybe with somebody like Chris Wilder, who who again, you know, he he sort of said, right, we've got to get out of this poxy league. And when we finally got out, apparently, so that was on. It, they went back to the stadium and he literally got a ladder out and took off the Blue Square Premier, which was the logo, you know, Oxford United Blue Square Premier League. Well, he took that off the wall. It's like, right, that's, forget about that now. We, we're never going back sort of thing. And it, yeah, it might just be that that you need somebody, who that would be is difficult to know. Um, you know, obviously Ipswich got rid of their manager yesterday. After Surprised by with that. Barrow, and it's kind of like... I'll be honest. But then, ultimately, think, they kind of look, are they thinking, well, he's not going to do it? And I think that's the best way. I think you've summed it up perfectly, Si, to be fair. It's like the manager embodies what the t- how the team plays. Oh, Robinson's the, the embodiment of Oxford, isn't he? Like, yeah. 
And yeah. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but no, it will no. be for Oxford. Yeah. Slightly like, flamboyant, but also a bit of a shithouse. And yeah. it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there are times we play like, yeah, you're right, it does. It, yeah, you reflect your I mean, manager. Like, literally, Robbie Savage was the type of player you never wanted to play against, but you wanted him in your team every week. Mm. Every single week. And it was the same with Roy Keane as manager. And the reason that we crave stuff like that is because realistically we are a, a, an extension of lee johnson so we do whinge a lot don't we i've noticed recently we whinge a lot on oh, the pitch massively to be yeah it's it's just whining and that's how he used to play he was a little bell end just like he was he was an okay player but never quite got to where people want to get to i guess and he just that that's what he does he just whines me and uh, i don't know how drunk you were to actually take my suggestion yesterday when i messaged you last night but i, I look around i actually had a conversation with someone yesterday of looking around world football world football in general and you know how uh, at one point we had an elite group of managers of like Mourinho, fergie then you saw the next crop coming through arsene wenger so on then you saw like Guardiola was starting to make moves and they started catching them up. Round in world football now, who do you look at? Like you've got you've got Klopp, Guardiola, Tuchel's doing a decent job. Beneath them, I suppose Gerard, time will tell, not that he's ever going to be your friend. But how's <laughs> how's Gerard going to get on? But where's that next crop come from? If if someone lost their job in the Premier League. Where would you look for to, to bring them through? I'm it's shocked terrible. that you haven't said Eddie Howe. I'm shocked you haven't said Eddie exactly, Howe. Exactly, but he's like, you know... Technical you could, genius. <laughs> the likes of Howe, the likes of Dyche. I, I said to Michael Bowers yesterday, people have their club. So, like, Darren Ferguson will never do anything other than with Peter Reunited. I'm yes. telling you now, it's as simple as that. And... He said about, um, oh, I'd love Paul Coogan. I wouldn't like Paul Coogan, if I'm honest. No. At all. He's not for me. And that's just my opinion. I don't want a manager so, that's been sacked because ultimately he's, he's feeling where he's at. Exactly. Jo and Johnson's like, oh, done better than him this season, in a sense. So I'd rather have Johnson. Yeah, exactly. if I'm so, so my thought, and we're talking about if Johnson ever goes there, but if my looking around and a kind of totally different direction of what type of manager we go for, and it's outrageous to, to think like that. But forgetting about the history of what we've done and stuff like that, I'd actually have a go at maybe someone like Michael Duff, From which is Cheltenham, which is absolutely crazy. But what he's done at Cheltenham is quite miraculous, really, on a shoestring. And we probably have got an even worse shoestring, depending on owner issues, but a different story. That's always my worry, though. It's like... Any name that kind of gets linked comes with such a caveat. And I mean, oh, he's, not, he's, he's not gone yet. And there'll be a lot of people listening going, ah, why are you discussing it? He's not gone. Like, he's great. And, and, it, and it's very hypothetical. And I'll tell you what, if he, how lovely Johnson to stick his two fingers up to me after he's won the league. Love that. <laughs> yeah, um, I wouldn't complain at all. I wanted to ask you about that, actually, Dave, as well. Um, the guy on the radio yesterday saying, uh, Oh, he stuck his two fingers up at me and, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, God, Kevin Kilban situation, for those who remember it. Um, and I, obviously, I'm not a big Lee Johnson fan, but I've got no issue if if he give a bit stuff back, if he's getting, you know, abuse because, or even just getting something back. I don't mind someone having to go back, you know, it shows passion and that, that he cares. But obviously, people have seen the video. He's not exactly sticking his two fingers up. He's more or less waving at him, I think, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, 
But I, I, I'm saying, Dave, actually, I want to ask Cy this because you touched on the fans beforehand. Um, Sunderland fans do get a bad rap in terms of, oh, it's difficult to play in front of and, and yada, yada. I think if you look at the results we had without fans, how many games we lost at home without fans, I think that's bollocks. Um, I think we're brilliant fans. Um, and I've said that many times. Very mixed, uh, mixed varying opinions, but good fans ultimately that all want the same thing, which is, I, I think, sometimes we do forget. But one thing I do worry about, and I could hear it yesterday, is there's a nervousness around the stadium as if we're like battle scarred. From an away perspective, say, you talk about like quieting us down and, and trying to uh, dampen the, um, the roar, I suppose, that, that we, we put behind the team. But do you feel that nervousness around the stadium when your team's attacking, for example? Can you feel that at the stadium? Like, It's always difficult to know how noisy home fans and away fans are when you're in your group, you know, if you, you are in the you know, sky, to be fair, as well, yeah, yeah, mm. but you know, so it, it seems to create a decent atmosphere. It's quite a low ceiling. Our home end uh, at the Kassam is awful, it's you know, the, the, the roof of the stand is miles above everyone, it's open, it, it's difficult to make a lot of noise. And I think you, you will always get a core of you know, the, the, the lads that sing, the lads that get the chance going, but when you've got 20 or 30,000 people there as well, it's that it's that other 20,000 that don't join in with the chance, but make the noise when you're attacking, when you're on the top, you know, and they're, they're just generally cheering, go, yeah, go, go, go on. And that noise can, can intimidate, you know, smaller clubs or, or lesser players. And, and I think, no, it, it, I th- you, put, you know, there was plenty of noise made yesterday when, when you got on the front foot. And I think that could be, you, you said earlier about momentum and getting that, sort of getting on a roll and and once you if you were to do that with the fan base and the noise you can make it you know hugely intimidating you know it, it could be it's a fantastic bowl of a stadium you know it makes a lot of noise it's it's well designed it's you know it's good to go to and stuff like that and it it will intimidate but it's yeah it's it's it, it is it is difficult um to to get that going and and you're right. You, you're right about being battle scarred. You know, it does. You almost don't want to get excited because you'll be let down. So you kind of sit there and just let the game happen and then react at the end. Almost. It's like because if you invest too much in it and you get beat, it's, it's a horrible feeling. Um, I've yeah. got two to pick up on what Ty said there. One is the fact that we've actually got a ball of a stadium and not just three sides. And right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I, to be fair, I mean, I live literally like 25 minutes away from Oxford, so I love the old ball, ball and end, uh, yeah, the ball and alley end, <laughs> the defence end, yeah, VR quality. <laughs> yeah. And then, secondly, I think maybe because we are so battle scarred that we could maybe do maybe Sunderland could come out and employ someone with like picket boards, so you know, like in America when we shout defence and stuff like that. <laughs> right, round of applause, clap. Maybe that would bring the enthusiasm that we need. Yeah. But no, if we, we had placards, you wouldn't have the kind of out the door, you shake moments that we had in 2013 or something, which is still one of my favourite moments. Talking about talking about being in League One, I think the thing that really hammered home that we were a League One club, I think it was two seasons ago, and it was like McGeady's had a shot and has landed in the car park, and it was at Oxford. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh yeah, there's car parks in these stadiums, but never actually in Oxford, to be fair. And I'm certainly not going to go there for university. That'll shock no one. Um, we hate, to be honest, we hate the stadium as well. You know, it's, <laughs> as, as a 
as I hope uh, the manor ground was was falling down, but it had atmosphere. It's a bit like yeah. you, know, you go to places like South End, you know, and it's it's ramshackle, but oh, actually it, it's it's an old school football stadium. We you know it was built in the in the sort of aftermath of Hillsborough, where where there needed to be loads of room between the pitch and the stands for access, and you know it was built during a time that that. You know, it was just yeah, thrown up. Uh, yeah, we hate it as well. And it's, <laughs> I went to South End. It doesn't do us any favours either. It's so hard to make an atmosphere in there. Yeah, I remember going to South End. You touched on South End there. If we're talking worst grounds in League One, I, I love Matt. Obviously, Matt's been on the show a lot, but Gillingham's away end is not temporary. Oh, yeah. He's been there for eighteen years. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's almost like Scaffold. half my age. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, it's more than half my age. Um, Literally but, loaned from a golf club, didn't they? Didn't yeah. ever yeah. give it back. Mm. I remember going down there when we got beat 1-0 in the last minute. Charlie White scored 10 minutes from the end. We got obviously beat in the last minute. Someone set off a flare and the flare was gone. And 30 seconds later, we were like, oh, it's this loud crap. So it's just <laughs> this red flare going off. And it was like, oh, man. But Roots Hall, oh, God. I went there when we got beat 3-1. And it was the, the era of now Quinn being the manager, which I was talking about before, when just before Roy Keane came in. And it was, I got, oh, I got the the bus down and that was a long old journey <laughs> and everyone was happy in South End. Everyone looked happy on bikes and stuff like a bit like Bournemouth. Everyone was just happy. And I was just like, wouldn't you be so happy about stuff? But I remember I got in the stadium. And I was like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to be in like one of these. It's been a while since I've been one of these. And I sat down in my seat and there was like a dog or a fox turd directly in front of me. And I was just like, <laughs> nah. So Root Hall gets my least favorite stadium. Um, I've got a couple more for you, Dave. Um, I've kind of gone off on a tangent here, but sometimes that's better, I think. Um, been a lot of chat about Diaku, Dijaku, Diaku. Um, I saw a lot of <laughs> a lot of comments about him during the week when I asked Leon Diaku thoughts, and I got a lot of stuff back saying, like, ah, oh, he's rubbish. It's this, that, the other. And a few people said, you know, give him, give him time. He's not playing in his position. Took his goal really well yesterday. Um, my opinion on Diaku is he hasn't, done much to make me think he will be a success but I think it's very early days but I would be I would be a bit harsh on Diakio Davis the time for him to become a really important player he's got three goals already hey let, let's talk rationally to try and take away the, the the passion which I throw in there as much as anyone it, he is he is an embodiment of where we're at he's not a complete article um isolated him through the way he was terrible through the week like oh, rank, yeah, he was absolutely minging. Um, and yes, I guess a lot of that could be the fact that because he was playing as a wing back, he was picking the ball up probably 15 20 yards deeper than he should have been. Um, and the problem is when you lose the ball in that 15 20 yards, you're on the back foot straight away, and it's not very good from a defensive point of view, considering we know we can't keep clean sheets. So, yes, you've got. You've got to give him some leeway as such, but at the same time, he's a professional footballer. So my problem with stuff like that is, and he's, he's only young, but if you make a mistake once, twice, three times, don't then try and correct it by doing the same thing four, five, six times. And that's what he kept doing on... I mean, he got he got hooked on at half-time, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, took his goal very well yesterday. Does it look as though he might be slightly better on the left, cutting him from his right? Very European style. That go and do that probably does. Um, yeah, he's uh, listen. Style, isn't it? 
yeah, massively. And I don't think anyone can see otherwise. Yeah, he's got three goals. You, if you've got a Premier League footballer who you went and played £45 million for, they would say, listen, he needs a season to adjust. So a kid from Germany probably needs just as long, if not longer, to adjust. So fair play to him. You know, he's getting stuck in. He obviously cares. You, you, you see the way yeah. that he's brought into the club. Yeah, give him time. And, and like I say, it becomes a vicious circle because you want him to be an instant success. You want him to win games for us. You want us to get out of this league. But it's all development. It's all time and whatever. And it, like I said, everything adds on to everything else. And I, I really I really hope he succeeds. And hey, for, for a first season, for being a loanee, what would be a good return from him? There's still 27 games left to play or whatever. Seven, eight goals or something. So, yeah, ten, 10 goals, which is, seems very achievable considering he's got three already. You can't class that as a bad season, can you? No, I think Dewey's out from for me. The other question yeah. I had is on the flip side. Um, someone who would point out, I've even said, I think he's one of our better players like last season, but I've just, I said I was losing patience with him and someone corrected me and said lost. And I'm like, ah, you're probably right with that. Lyndon Gooch. I said, I said it last year. I'll say it again this year. He's a right back. I've left back in the changes, mate. Jesus. <laughs> he's he's a right back, but he needs to be taught how to play. I mean, it's <laughs> to be fair, I should I should totally get you to edit that comment now because he gave <laughs> the ball away at right back yesterday for yeah. the goal. And like oh, Lee but, Johnson. But, but is it's, he... it's Lee Johnson. He he lay on the floor and he was like, ref. Ref, it was still complained when the goal went in as well. It was not a foul in any way, shape, size, or form. Like, uh, oh. is, is Gooch? See, for me, Gooch was one of our best players when we first came down. I think he got 11 assists before Christmas. And I was like, bloody hell, he's like a cheat code at this level, and he's got, got his best years <laughs> to come. Like, and he's just regressed and regressed and regressed. And I don't know if it's, I'm getting more annoyed at him because he's so out of form. Yeah. Great game on the opening day against Wigan. He was very good. It was everything you want from Lyndon Gooch. But uh, there's certain players when you watch them and you think you've been here too long. Yeah. Yeah. You... And I just think we could probably make a bit of cash on him in January and get someone who's going to offer more. I wish him yeah, that... the best of luck, but I think he's just been here too long, Dave, hasn't he? That's it. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't complain at moving Lyndon on whatsoever because he's he's not given us anything. Do you know what I mean? We, we definitely we definitely need something in January, something which is going to get fans excited. You know, like we all know that Mayan and your loving for Ross Stewart is unbelievable. Like he is the best footballer on the planet, bar none. How, yeah. how he didn't win the Ballon d'Or, I'm not quite sure. But, you know. I'm upset about it, but we'll, we'll, not, we'll not dwell on that too much. It's a fix, mate. I can't even believe he wasn't in the top 20, but there you go. Corruption Everyone, in FIFA, that's unusual. <laughs> Um, so, and, and Ross Stewart has, he's, because we've changed that. I actually had a bit of a conversation with someone, two messages with someone on Twitter today. And they'd said, oh, about Johnson this, Johnson that. So I had said, listen, we've changed our style of play from the beginning of the season. We had mm-hmm. a swagger. We had a bit of momentum, which is a word you used earlier. We we were looking impressive. We, we had slightly more possession than other teams who we were playing against. Bearing in mind, we played against Wigan and people like that as well. So we didn't have the most... We beat all the good teams at the start of the season, really. Exactly, yeah. So we, we've kind of done that. And then I looked at the possession stats yesterday during the game and Oxford had more of the ball. 
Oxford had more of the chances. Yes, it was a game of two halves yesterday. There's no doubt about that. But kind of, I mean, it always is a game of two halves, by the way, for anyone who wants to correct me on that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes but, four halves if it's the, yeah. it's the cup. But. Yeah, it depends. Like I say, if we're, if we're all about this American thing, we should play fours. Might do yes. better for <laughs> but it's um it's it's one of those where I just kind of I think we need something or someone to lift us, whether that's a manager, whether that's a player, and and kind of why have we changed our style of player? Now the the comment that I got back on Twitter earlier was maybe it's Lee, and I don't think Lee Johnson's this clever, by the way, but maybe it's Lee Johnson changing the style of player due to the way that the pitches are going to be during the winter. That was the comment I got back. And I'm like, okay, but I'm telling you now, if Pep Guardiola takes, and it's a huge over-exaggeration, but if Pep Guardiola takes Man City to Cheltenham on a Tuesday night in the FA Cup where it's sticky, it's windy, it's whatever, he doesn't say play a long ball. I guarantee you now, he does not tell them to do that because they've got a clear, concise identity and that's how they play football. I've been watching Man City the past few weeks, so I can't believe it's the same bloody sport they're playing as us. Yeah. Stupid. Like Bernardo Silva's goal last week. Like what oh, just, just, just stop for a minute and just respect the fact that there's clubs of the fans of clubs that just have never seen that or will ever see that. Uh we've got two minutes left. Sai, same question I always end with, so we'll go with 30 seconds each and I'll try and get a subscribe message in at the end. <laughs> <coughs> um what does the result mean in the context of Oxford season? Another good away point at one of the big clubs. And and if we can keep picking up points against the teams around us, you know, so we don't lose we don't lose ground on 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 those teams um in those games and pick up wins against the lower clubs, it, it means we're still there or thereabouts. I think it, you can have six pointers at the bottom of the table, you can have them at the top as well. And it's just as important to, you know, if, if let's say, you know, if we'd have lost yesterday but win against Doncaster. You know, that's your three points better off than us. But a draw today, we, we stick with you. And it, it, it's the same for all those clubs around us. It's, it's stay in there, stick in there. Don't don't lose to your the teams around you, whether that's at the top or the bottom of the table, and you've got yourself a chance. I think, Dave, I normally would ask you the same question, but since we've got a minute 19 left, I'm going to say Groundhog Day is what it means in the context of Sunderland season. And I don't think we'll disagree with me on that, will you? No, definitely not, mate. Just like you know, keep plugging away, keep getting in the mix, and yeah, huge game on Tuesday and Saturday, and and let's hope we we pick up a few points, you know. Fingers crossed. Thanks to everyone for listening. As always, um, it it can be a chore doing these. I'm not gonna lie, it can be difficult to do them because sometimes I'm just so apathetic. So when you listen and you give comments, positive, negative, and, and constructive, it's it's nice. It, it, it gives me a reason to do it. And at the end of the day, we all love Sunderland is what is the, is the main thing. So thanks for checking in. Do subscribe if you want. Um, if you don't, as I say, it's always fine. But thanks for listening to the, the episode. If it's your first, your last or seventh or eighth. Um, I've been Graham. Dave's been Dave. Sai has been Sai. Si.